Quick disclaimer, although what we say is evidence and literature-based, we don't know your personal details and situation. Therefore, make sure you're discussing these things with your doctor. Welcome to the CPR for Life podcast. I am Sagar Doshi, boarded and practicing lifestyle medicine physician and emergency medicine physician, joined by Zach Hermosis, boarded and practicing emergency physician and practicing lifestyle medicine physician. Welcome back, Zach. Hello, Sagar. Nice to be with you and everyone who's joining us today. Yeah, it's kind of an emergency session here. We felt the need to get together. You and I talked this week and decided we needed to talk about something, even though this wasn't really a scheduled day to do this. So yes, uh, I'd why like don't to talk about face diapers, as I face... like to put it. Face diapers. Face diapers. <laughs> <clears throat> That's what this podcast is going to be about. It's going to be about face diapers and how we all need to be wearing them in the right situations. Yeah, which is now, unfortunately, the situation that we find ourselves in. Yeah. And just to, to put this analogy out there, in case nobody knows what a face diaper is, it's also known as a mask. So I've just recently encountered a situation with sending my kids to school in this new Delta variant that suddenly the in vogue middle of the road, don't peeve off anybody, move for school districts and businesses is simply to say, we're going to make masking optional. And unfortunately, when you make masking optional in the middle of a pandemic or any time, it's really not effective. And the analogy I think of with this, and the reason I call it a face diaper, is because I imagine a toddler running around, diaperless, pantsless, underwearless, peeing on things, and then someone telling me, hey, well, just put on a diaper. You'll be okay. You mean put the diaper on the toddler? No, no, no. You put on the diaper. The toddler can make his own choices. <laughs> and the parents of the toddler can make their own choices. And if they don't want to put a diaper on the toddler, that's their choice. But you put on the diaper, you'll be fine. <laughs> well, it's especially problematic after there was already the declaration that the need for masks is gone. And then a couple of weeks later, we're now in this Delta variant spread. And people are like, well, no, no, you told us we don't need masks. And now it's back to, well, that was a different situation. And unfortunately, things have changed since then. Uh, and it turns out that they are helpful. And we knew that they were helpful, but before we thought we had the virus under control. And now this whole Delta thing. We haven't really talked about Delta since it's been a thing. Uh, do you just want to kind of give a quick update for, I know that everybody knows what the Delta is out here, but why it's such a problem? Yeah. So the problem with the Delta variant, which is still the same virus, it's still coronavirus, um, novel coronavirus. It still produces the COVID-19 disease syndrome. It's just more transmissible. It's a more fit virus. It's been uh, bouncing around in lots of people, this virus, particularly unvaccinated people from all around the world. And in one set, one part of the world where there's a bunch of unvaccinated people, it was able to develop and become more transmissible. It's more contagious. And when you get it, you seem to get a lot more of the virus in your nose and places like that. And unfortunately, this one can also be a little bit more harmful to kids as well. Yeah. So the estimates at this point, it's still early in research, but the estimates at this point, it may be something like two and a, two to two and a half times more likely to produce bad illness in kids. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. And I think in adults, what we've seen is it's not necessarily deadlier, um, but it's, definitely more transmissible. 
it evades the vaccine from a symptomatic standpoint. Now, the last numbers that I read, and you can correct me on this if I'm, if I'm outdated on this, I think it was sometime last week or the week before, is that 97% of people who are hospitalized with COVID were still unvaccinated. So the vaccine still works to prevent severe disease among adults, but it's still able to produce symptoms. Um, I've seen patients in the ER who've been vaccinated, who've still gotten COVID. Most of those people are not getting admitted, but they still get COVID. Uh, and those people are able to transmit COVID to others, uh, even if they've been vaccinated. So, and that makes sense. I mean, if you're symptomatic, it means that the virus did not, uh, the vaccine rather did not prevent infection. So it would make sense that you're still transmissible, but it can still prevent severe disease. Um, but if you're walking around to children or people who can't be vaccinated or the unvaccinated, you can still very much so spread the virus, which is now coming back to our original point of why we should be wearing masks again. Especially since you can still spread it when you're asymptomatic before you've developed those symptoms. Right. Right. And it may not be that, you know, you get these symptoms because the vaccine's not working properly. It's just when it invades your body and makes a lot more of the virus in places like your nose where you can sneeze or simply talk and mm -hmm. it comes out more easily and so you can spread it around more but by the time it gets in further deeper into your body that's where the virus is actually stopped mm -hmm. more so by the vaccine mm -hmm. and that actually brings up a point where you're talking about when we look at these numbers and when people report out that x number of people that were vaccinated are still getting hospitalized or are still getting sick in some way there's always going to be breakthrough right. illness in any vaccine, anything, nothing's 100%. Birth control's not 100%, mm -hmm. right? We don't go around saying, oh, you know, that that birth control pill didn't work that time, or that condom ripped, or now you're pregnant, so nobody used birth control anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> it's clearly useless. Right. Right? We don't have that mentality with that. We, we know that it's really, really, really good, and it's going to work the vast majority of the time. But when it doesn't, we go, yeah, well that happens sometimes yeah and uh, yeah, that's a, we don't have that problem with right any other vaccine i mean there's some diseases that have been totally wiped out by a vaccine so i think people sometimes compare this like well look at the polio vaccine it worked so well but this is such a highly contagious rapidly spreading thing uh that has gotten to everybody uh it, if you think of how well the vaccine for COVID has done it really is remarkable how effective it actually is it, it's i don't think anybody imagine that it would be this successful at least i hadn't imagined that it would be this successful i don't maybe i shouldn't speak for everybody but i was and remain very impressed by by the efficacy of the vaccine yeah and if you're gonna bring up polio if you remember i mean polio was so devastating the people were clamoring to get the vaccines i feel like i was not alive back then but from the older people i've talked to they say that everyone was trying to get the vaccine everyone was getting vaccinated that's unlike today yeah yeah. But going back to masks, um, yeah, you know, that, that kind of brings us back to, so in order to stop spread among asymptomatic people or to people who are unvaccinated or can't be vaccinated, or even people who are vaccinated in, in highly now infected areas, it certainly makes sense to start masking up again in public. And it's one of the things that will keep our businesses open um, by preventing spread from becoming totally out of control. It'll keep the healthcare system from being overrun. Uh, even if it's, you know, you're, you're not necessarily admitting patients to the hospital by, by all these visits to the hospital or, or preventing the shutdown of elective surgeries, all the things that happened that we saw last year 
can be prevented by doing what we know for sure works. Uh, and, and this isn't necessarily true in every area. I mean, you might have states that are well vaccinated that have few breakthrough cases that are doing okay in these, you know, less populated areas. I mean, I, I guess, you know, the, that's what state boards of health are for, to make recommendations to say, hey, listen, this is this is a really bad issue, or this isn't so bad of an issue here, we're doing fine. But if you're looking at certain areas, when you look at like the Florida and Texas, and some of these places are just getting smoked right now by the virus, it would stand Louisiana. a reason that, right, yeah, yeah, right, and especially with the hurricane coming through now, mm-hmm. it would make a lot of sense uh, for these people to start wearing masks again. Um, and especially, you know, you've got unvaccinated kids who are now going back to school where they weren't necessarily in school last summer or last year rather um that now they're going to be re-exposed to themselves and exposed to other people who are now going out like the, the amount of contact we're having we're not shutting down anymore which is a good thing but we're also having a lot more interaction with each other social distancing isn't so much of a thing anymore because we were able to break out of that with the vaccine but now we're kind of creating that perfect storm for viral spread uh so it would be i think prudent to probably start wearing a mask again in populated areas indoors. Yeah. And then if you're outdoors, you don't need to wear a mask unless you're right. densely packed in. If you're right. densely packed in, that air that's all around us isn't really having time to come in and circulate in because mm-hmm. you're all packed in too tight. So if you're somewhere like at a amusement park or what else? A festival. where Concer- Outdoor concerts and stuff. Pizza. Yeah. Oh, concerts are key. Yeah. Concerts. Yeah. Everyone's packed in. Maybe you're in the mosh pit and <laughs> you're tight together, breathing each other's air. And if that's the case, you probably want to be on a mask because the mask protects the people who aren't you. So if you wear the mask, it protects others. When they wear the mask, it protects you. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that we've forgotten. For some reason, that was like a big, uh, people talked about that a lot last year. And I feel like this year, they're not really talking about that as much. I mean, everybody's, the people that I've talked to don't want to wear masks. They're like, well, I feel comfortable in public not wearing my mask. I don't feel like I'm going to get COVID. I'm like, well, that's, that's good. But that's not the purpose of wearing a mask in the first place. The purpose of wearing a mask is to protect others. And that was always the case. That hasn't changed. But I feel like that's kind of been lost on, I don't know if it just got lost to, uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't really have a, a reason why that was. But yeah, no, people aren't necessarily protected wearing a mask from the virus. They're protecting others by wearing it. Yeah. And if we're going to function as a society with people living together, doing business together, doing recreation together, visiting stores together, wanting to keep all these businesses open and life going close to normal, then that is a society. That's where people are physically near each other, breathing similar air. And so you just Mm -hmm. take care of each other as if you live in a society, right? We come together to take care of each other if there's fires. We all fund the firehouse. Right? right? Or even the same so- thing. If, yeah. No, go on. Go on. That's the same thing with like police. We all fund the police. We all try to keep an eye out on our neighbors' houses. Mm-hmm. Right? Hope And we hope that the neighbors are doing the same for us. And I think even, even selfishly, even if you don't care about your neighbors, it doesn't do anybody any benefit if there's a massive outbreak in an area and all of your stores in your neighborhood shut down. So That's even if, if, if you want economy, the economy to run smoothly and things to stay open and to be able to go out to eat, the self-serving thing to do is to put on a mask and prevent everybody from getting COVID. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, even, even selfishly, throw on a mask. Yeah, keep things open. <laughs> Let's not let the schools have to close again or anything like that. Yeah. I, nobody wants that. Yeah, nobody is interested in that. I, I, I guess I shouldn't, again, speak for everybody, but I, 
I would imagine that most people don't want that to happen. Everybody's everybody's happier when their kids can go to school and you can go to your job and or do whatever it is that you do for leisure uh, while your kids are getting in-person education. Right. And it's better for them. They learn. Mm-hmm. And this, um, my wife's a pediatrician. And so I've talked to her about this thought out there that if kids wear masks in school, then it's going to delay their development. And she's essentially told me, you're not going to know that after a year. And it's kind of short term. So it's probably not going to happen. This is not what's the risk. The risk is that the kids get or spread COVID. Yes. I think not having a teacher in your classroom because of COVID is a little bit more harmful to development than having to, you know, do all of your schooling online. Yeah. Being able to have that teacher in your classroom, being able to be with kids. And interact with kids in public, right. Right. And then they go outside for recess and they can take those masks off while they're still running around, as long as they're not in each other's faces too much. Kids are never in each other's faces. (laughs) I mean, it depends on the kid, depends on the situation. But for the most part, it's fine, I think. (laughs) Yeah, and just while we're on the subject of schools and kids getting it, if even if you aren't worried about the kids, right? It's still, even with Delta variant being potentially two to two and a half times um, worse than the previous strains or previous variants for these kids, and there being an expected increase in hospitalizations possible, it's still a really low base rate. The kids are probably still not going to get hospitalized there is still a chance of two things happening. One, that kid has long symptoms after COVID, post-viral symptoms. And then there's been a range of studies coming out, and you'll see incidences of that anywhere from 5% to 50% of the kids with COVID having symptoms that last longer than a few months. And then if you just imagine what that's like, if you have a kid that's complaining that they're tired all the time or their chest hurts or they keep having diarrhea. It's really a difficult few months and it can keep that parent home, can keep that kid home. Additionally, in that same vein, because we still need to quarantine with COVID to try and stop its transmission, anytime these kids spread it to each other, then you end up having lots of kids having to stay home. And if they start staying home, guess who else has to stay home? The parents have to stay home, and that's going to negatively affect productivity in the workforce. Not everyone can stay home to do their work, and I would think most people staying home with their kids trying to do work are not really productive when they do it. Additionally, there's kids coming home to people that don't have great immune systems, grandparents, people with certain illnesses um, where their immune systems don't function as well. So all this has to be factored in. And I reiterate this point of calling it a face diaper. Because remember, if a toddler is running around peeing, you should put the diaper on the toddler. That's what's going to keep the pee from getting everywhere. Putting the diaper on other kids or on yourself isn't going to help you stay dry. Okay? <laughs> I just thought, I'm just picturing somebody running around with their kid without a diaper just being like, well, if you don't like it, go ahead and put a diaper on. <laughs> That's just so funny to me. I don't know. That's a great, I'm so glad you used that example. That's that's so perfect. <laughs> I, I do want to bring up one more thing, though. So yeah. the the thing that you were just talking about, like the long COVID type syndrome, and that's probably to some degree related to the inflammatory response. And 
you know, people point to myocarditis now as a big problem that they see with the vaccine without realizing that myocarditis is more common in people who get COVID. There was a study in Israel that they said that uh, about one to five patients per 100,000 associated with the vaccine, specifically the mRNA vaccines, got myocarditis. But this is about 11 per 100,000 people in people who got COVID. So if you can say your transmission or your symptomatic infection rate is probably less than half if you get the COVID-19 vaccine and then get exposed to COVID, you're still from a risk reduction standpoint looking much better if you get the vaccine because you're more likely to get myocarditis overall if you're unvaccinated and you're out in public. And that doesn't even consider all of the thrombolytic stuff, kidney injuries, uh, you know, so, uh, MIs that we're seeing in people who are, are coming in. So heart attacks with people who are seeing coming in with, with COVID that haven't but gotten their vaccine and the lung issues and all the rates of hospitalization. So if we're, if we're just looking at a single adverse effect from the mRNA vaccines, you're still less likely to have an issue than if you were to get COVID. And that's not even considering all the other things that we need to worry about. So I know this isn't supposed to be a pro-vaccine podcast here. That's not what we we're setting out to do, but I, I do find it worthwhile to at least reiterate that one more time. I'm also very comfortable with it being a pro-vaccine segment because yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I'll just put this out. I think almost, not almost all, but a lot of the patients that I see that have COVID-19 come in at, at some point, they'll just volunteer that they didn't get the vaccine because they didn't think they were going to get COVID. Yes. So the idea of just not catching it is not working out. Yeah, I think that if we didn't have the vaccine and this Delta variant emerged, there over a certain period of time, and I don't know what that time period would be, but I would venture to say that most, if not nearly all people would have been exposed to this virus at some point in the next you know, five to 10 years. So it's, it's almost, it's inevitable that you're going to be exposed to this thing. So I, I, being protected with the vaccine is just, it's so much safer for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just taking off on that vaccine tangent for just one more second, <laughs> I've heard people talking about when we see these rates of people getting admitted to the hospital or just getting COVID and having had the vaccine, I want to point this out. At some point, we want to get to the point where the only people getting admitted to the hospital for COVID-19 are those that have been vaccinated for COVID-19. And that may sound like a weird thing to say, but what I'm saying here is that as more and more and more people get vaccinated, and there's just less unvaccinated people around, you will have breakthrough infections, but those breakthrough infections are going to be in the vaccinated people because just there's more of them around. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people who are on the anti-vaccine side of this argument who will say things like, well, yeah, you know, as time goes on, more and more people are getting vaccinated are are being admitted to the hospital. I'm like, well, yeah, there's more vaccinated people. Like if you if you increase the denominator, yeah, the numerator is going to increase a little bit. That that's normal. Like you said, no vaccine is 100% perfect. So yeah, the vaccine works. Once again, anecdotally, statistically, uh, yeah, it works and it's safe. Yeah. Any other points you want to make? Because this was supposed to be just a short session on please wear masks, everyone. <laughs> I don't think so. It's not surprising to me that we got lost in a tangent because this is kind of what happens when I talk about this. Uh, but no, that's that's all I want to say. And um, 
yeah, I guess if you have questions about this stuff, reach out. I'm sure people will have some different opinions and, and that's what we're here for to talk to you about data and we try to maintain objectivity on this podcast and in our in our clinic. And everything that we put out here is usually trying to be based in what the data say, not in our opinion. And this is just data-based information that I'm not I have no desire to wear a mask in public. I don't like it any more than anybody else does. But when the numbers point to the fact that it slows virus transmission, saves lives, keeps the economy open, keeps people healthy, happy, and allows them to live their lives in a normal way, it's hard to ignore that just because I don't want to be mildly uncomfortable. Well put. All right, everybody. Until next time, we'll get back to our normal stuff on more uh, stress-related podcast coming up soon here. Uh, But until then, stay safe. Remember, the way you live can save your life.